So, so we've been in this series, Living Clean, Living Clean, and we, we bumped this series out of Matthew, and that's so scriptures coming on the screen, Matthew 23, 26, blind Pharisee first cleansed the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may also, may be clean also. And so the idea coming into this is, is not perfection, it's not, oh, how, how good can I be? It's more in line with, oh God, how can I get closer to you? How, how can you and I be more on the same wavelength? How can, how can I live my life uh, a better for you? How can I hear your voice better? How can I move things out of my life? And how can I d- discard things in my life and take advantage of the gifts of the things that you've given me so that I can live the life that you have for me? So I can see your purposes completed in my life. So I cannot get just so weighed down by the cares of this world that I forget that you have plans for me and plans to prosper me and not harm me and plans to give me a hope and a future. And, and so God, the, the, the idea behind this series was, God, I want you and I to be okay. I I I want everything else in my life to fade away to the point where you take forefront in my relationship with you. And this is a gospel that I believe that will make some of us uncomfortable. And I'm so happy for that because because when you talk about putting God first in your life, then you have to rearrange some priorities of your life. and, And that begins to be uncomfortable. But the more you do that, the more you realize God's got plans and the plans that he has are way far and better and higher than our plans. And so as we think about being okay with guys, we think about that this relationship working because if this is not working, none of this works. We've discussed that. If, if this vertical relationship's not working, this horizontal relationship's not working. And so, as we talked about his presence, and we talked about repentance last week, and uh, if you, you, you didn't have a chance to be here last week, I challenge you to get on online and listen to that message. I want to talk to you for a moment today about. Living clean to the power of God's word. Living clean to the power of God's word. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some scriptures at you as we get into this today. And uh, somebody stapled my notes. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so I'm going to undo them real quick. Not that I hardly ever look at them, but it's nice to know they're there if I ever need them. Uh, and I'm sure whoever did this thought they were doing me a massive favor. Or they just did it out of habit. some scriptures at you and we're talking about living clean through the power of God's word and so here we go John 1 1 we know says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God God is his word his word the word is God and so when we talk about living in the power of God's word and and, and God chose the spoken word to create things Hebrews uh, talks about how things were created by the spoken word and so the power of the spoken word so when we talk about the word of God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Ephesians 5.26 goes on to say that he might sanctify and cleanse her, her being the church, with the washing of the water by the word. And then John 17.17, I'm throwing these at you quick, then we'll get into the points. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Oh, in a world where, where we can't seem to pinpoint truth. Let me tell you, friend, the truth has been pinpointed. It's called the B-I-B-L-E, and that is the book for me. But it's all true. You can't just take a little of it. It is true. It's life-changing. It's powerful to set you free. We're going to learn in a moment. It can't be chained. 
Let me get ahead of myself here. Sanctify them by the... So we were talking about the cleansing of God's word. And then let's look at the power of God's word. 2 Corinthians says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare, the sword of the spirit, the Bible, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. For we do not fight with the weapons of this world, but we fight, we fight with, well, the, the weapons we fight with are mighty. The word of God is mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, for every pretension that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's a stronghold. Anything in your life that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God is a stronghold. The truth of God. So, so, so we, laid, we laid some groundwork there. And so take those scriptures, study them this week. But let's get into the points. Number one, the word of God helps us live clean by growing our faith. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we know that God has given us his spirit and his spirit has indwelled us. And so as we, we hear the word of God and we read the word of God, the, the spirit of God enlightens the word of God to our hearts and makes it so real that it comes alive. And it, it builds our faith. There's a great example of this. If you look over in Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, it's a, it's a lengthy. We've got a couple lengthy passages today, but um, I'm going to read fast and you're going to listen fast, okay? Matthew Matthew 8, 5 through 13. It's a great example of this. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. So at this moment, the centurion, who is a, a Roman, important Roman person, he, he comes and he says, hey, Jesus, he hears Jesus around. Hey, Jesus, I've got this important servant and he's laying, he's paralyzed, he's tormented. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you and heal him. And then verse 8 says this. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only, say this word, say that with me, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed us, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This, this man of authority is understanding authority, and he's saying, You don't have to come anywhere, Jesus, because all you've got to do is speak the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was the living, walking word. He is the word. And the centurion is getting this, and he's saying, You don't have to go anywhere. You can just stand right here, say the word, and it will be done. Jesus heard, he marveled and said, those who follow us, surely I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you, don't, don't, lose, don't lose me here, because these are two verses, you're like, Jesus, why did you say this? Why did you put this in here? I'm going to explain it. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What? Jesus, get back to the story. 
Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Faith comes out hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now then I want you to look at what Paul writes from the prison cell. Go to this next scripture. 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. I'm going to wrap all this together for you. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of change. Look at me. Even to the point of change. He, Paul said, I, I, am, I am chained up. And then watch what he ends verse 9 with, though. But the word of God is not chained. One version says, but the word of God cannot be chained. But, I mean, countries have tried to stomp it out. People groups have tried to stomp it out. People have tried to add to it. People have tried to take away from it. People have tried to say, you know, why don't we just take this grace part, but let's just let's don't take this judgment part, or why don't we just take the love part, but let's don't take the obedience part. Why don't we take the blessing part, but let's don't take the holiness part. Oh, no, no, no. You got to take it all together. And Paul's saying, I might be living in chains, but there's one thing that can't be chained, and it is the word of God. It's got no bounds. It goes to all people groups. And Jesus is telling his, his own people, he's saying this Roman centurion gets it. And some of you on the day of judgment are going to come sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because you think you belong, but you have no faith. You don't have the faith that this man has, and you're going to be cast out. This man had such faith. You said it'll be done. The word of God cannot be chained I don't care if I get past this where's your Bible or your phone or your device or your pad listen the enemy will do everything he can to keep you from knowing the truth of God's word because it is Powerful. If he can't get you in sin, he'll get you busy. You, you'll be a good, busy Christian. Weak, anemic, because you don't know what the Word of God says for yourself. You go all the way back to the Protestant Revolution. You go all the way back to where, where religion decided it was the Word of God was just too important for the normal person to read, so only certain people were able to read it. And you know, that still flows through even in today's society. And do you, do you know what? There are certain people that are okay with that. I would venture to say some of you in this room or watching online right now are okay with just coming and listening to what I have to say. You are stupid. Because I'm just a man. Do you hear me? I'm just a man. You, let, the, let the word interpret itself, and then you read the word and make sure that the, the, what I'm saying out of the word is what the word really says. But you got to read it. Don't, don't trust any man to tell you. I promise you, I, I'm not going to mislead you to the best of my ability, but my ability at some point may fail because I'm human. Did you hear that? Pinch yourself. I'm human. 
Oh, man, you got to read the Word of God. And the Word of God cannot be chained. Your thoughts can be chained up in fear, but the Word of God cannot be chained. You may have a wayward child that's out living in the world chained up with drugs, but the Word of God cannot be chained. You, you, you may be locked down with sickness or illness, but the Word of God cannot be chained. Your marriage may be in dysfunction, but the Word of God cannot be chained. Speak the Word of God. And the centurion understood this. You don't have to go anywhere, Jesus, because you are the Word. You just say the Word, and he'll be healed. The word of God cannot be chained. It will not be chained. But it will change. Number two. The word of God helps us live clean by doing away with opinions. Wow. The word of God helps us live clean by doing away with opinions. 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is given in, by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is given by God. All scripture, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. When I begin to read the Bible, I, my opinions begin to get, become fewer and fewer. And what happens is I no longer have a right to the way that I think that I should be thinking. And I can only think with what lines up with the Word of God. And no longer do I have an opinion about you or an opinion about how you're living or an opinion about this or that or, or how the world's going or an opinion. I only have the truth of of the word of God sanctify them by your truth and your word is the truth I can only so so what happens when I begin to read the word of God is my mind begins to be renewed by the word of God and then it starts to align with the spirit of God for who knows the mind of a man except for the spirit of a man who knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God and as my mind is renewed the scripture is God breathed it's profitable for doctrine it's profitable to teach me what what I know, not what I think I know, not what someone told me that I should know, but what I know that I know because I found it in the Word, I've researched it, I've, I've prayed over it, I've struggled with it, I've wrestled with it, and I've come out of that knowing that it is the truth. We have too many Christians running around with their opinionated Christianity. In opinionated Christianity, you know where that comes from? That comes, that comes from thinking that we have a right to have an opinion. <laughs> we have a right to love through the Word of God. We have a right to know the Word of God. And we have a right to know that this book is perfect. It does away with opinions. Look at, look at this next passage. How, how does that happen? Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the... It's a discerner of your agenda. It's a discerner of your motive. 
It's a discerner of, of, you know, I meet with people and they'll say, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that decision? Or what do you think about this? And, and I'll straight away say, hey, well, what does the Bible say about that? Let's see what the Bible says about that. Because let's go there first. Let's pray and then let's look and see what the Bible says about that. And I'll have people come to me sometimes and they'll say, they'll, they'll, they'll come as a couple and they'll say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for our finances? We're having a rough time right now. Would you, would you pray for us? And, and I'll say, yeah, and we're, we're having trouble making our mortgage or so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm going to hurt some feelings here, but that's okay because I'm a preacher and I'm going to be held accountable for what I say. And I'll put my arms around them in love and I'll say, well, how long have you been married? And they'll say, well, we're not married. And I'll say, wait a minute, you said your mortgage. Are you living together? Yes, we're living together. Oh, I'll pray for you, but you're living against the word of God. I know that's not a power, a, 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 a popular, a popular message these days, but the word of God says, "Don't shack up." <laughs> Does that mean God doesn't love you? No. That just simply means that there's something off right here. And if you're asking him to help this, you got to get this right. And the way we can get this right is we live according to this. Through obedience to God's word, it does away with opinions. Good? Still love me? Okay. I don't care if you like me. Number three, the word of God helps us live clean through giving us directions. Roman 12, direction. How many of you know that when you're trying to make decisions in this crazy world that we live in, whether it be parenting, whether it be marriage, whether it be relationships or financial or starting a new business or, or whatever it might be, and you're trying to bring glory to God and live for God and, and you're doing your best to, to be a light in a dark world. The enemy loves to come in muddy and just muddy, muddy, muddy up the waters of decision making. And God, what is your will? And, and God, how, like, I, I'm not sure which, which direction to take here. And I'm, I believe in godly counsel. And I have men in my life that I would call and say, hey, what do you think about this? But I believe that every answer and every problem and every strategic move, whatever you want to call it, that I'll ever face in life, in any area of my life, has been, the, the answer's already been given in the Word of God. I will tell you this, a lot easier to pick up the phone and ask somebody else what they think I should do than it is to stay up later at night or get up early in the morning and get in the Word of God and just really go after God. But the enemy loves, loves to muddy the, the, the decision or the direction that we should be going because if we're trying to glorify God and live for God, we know that, that walking in, in the ways of God are going to bring the blessings of God and then we just become a conduit of that blessing. His presence overcomes our life and we just become a light in a dark world. So, so watch this, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And washing my mind with the word of God. I used this illustration a few weeks ago, and I only used it in one service. 
But, but life, life is much like the, the man who had a white suit on with white gloves. And, and he, he was invited to, to go into a coal mine. And he said, but I'm all dressed up. And I don't want to. He said, I'll go in, but I can't touch anything. I'm not going to touch anything because I don't want to mess my white suit up. And so he goes in the coal mine. He's looking around, gets a little tour. And as he, when he comes back out in the sunlight, his suit is gray. Never touched anything. That's like the world we live in. You just get out of bed and go about your day and you are bombarded with sinful things. You're bombarded with the ways of this culture trying to get you to conform, trying to get you to... That's, listen, that is why one of the four parts of our vision is we have a vision to impact future generations because our young people are being conformed to the pattern of this world and we as parents are watching it happen and not at any moment saying, let's push back on that. Let's turn that show off. Let's turn that station off the radio. Hey, let me see your phone. I mean, I, I have parents all the time tell me, you know, I try to look at my kid's phone and, and, and they, they say that's intrusion of prophecy. <laughs> see, this is, this is when I get nervous about being broadcast out to the world because I can tell you what I'll just use my dad because he, he's old. He can't get much trouble. I, I can't imagine looking at my dad going, my dad saying, son, let me see your wallet because we didn't have cell phones, right? Son, let me see your wallet. That's my wallet. I cannot imagine me telling my father, that's my wallet. Boy, <laughs> nothing you have is yours. I can hear his voice now. I brought you into this world naked. <laughs> And I'm about to beat you naked. Let me. Push back. Those of us in this room are grandparents now. Help, you know, where we may have fell with our own children. Don't be overbearing, but help your children are now raising. Push back against the call. It's conforming. And you know what? Without a pushback, it just happens. This next scripture right here. John fifteen three, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, pushing back, no longer conforming to the pattern of this world it, 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 by the renewing, by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind. And then as you think about the renewing of your mind, you think about you know, the direction. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Ah, oh, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You all know I love to hunt and, and whatever your beliefs on that are, I'm just, I love that. And, and we eat everything that we harvest and, you know. So, but the place that I hunt is near the St. John's River and it's been, it's been flooded by the St. John's River. And so there's a bunch of critters out there that usually aren't out there. And the water is very, it's deeper than it usually is. And, and my wife has upped her prayer life, you know, since hunting season started. But I've seen alligators where there used to be roads, you know. And, and so, um, and, and ever since I broke my ribs back in June, I've, I've had this idea of, I've had the Holy Spirit telling me to, to slow down a little bit or whatever. So I, I'm, I'm trudging through this water and all of a sudden, it, you know, 
my headlamp starts flickering a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's pitch black. No, 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 no. You know, because you'd rather see what's going to eat you before it eats you. <laughs> Amen? In case there's any hidden sin in there. You just, you just... And my headlamp went out. I hadn't told you this one. <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about a mile and a half from my truck, and my headlamp went out. And it's, it's dark. I mean, it's dark 30. And, and I'm walking past this place that I had taken some video the day before of a mama alligator with her little baby alligator. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, and I, I really started thinking, Lord, it, it would be nice to have like a light right now, whoosh, making all kinds of noise, just letting the beast know I'm coming, <laughs> sloshing through water up to here, you know, and boots full of water. And this, the scripture actually came to mind. Your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. And, and when this was written, what you, what you have to understand is, is obviously there's no electricity and there's no headlamps. And so if you had to get up in the middle of the night, vipers were a very real problem. Snakes were a very real problem. And so what someone would do if they had to travel or walk at night is they would tie a lamp. They would tie a lamp to their feet. And so that lamp on each foot would give light for the next step. See, we, 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 we get direction and clarity from the word of God. We can clear the muddy water and not conform any longer and God may not show us he does show us the end and he shows us that we win he may not show you exactly four, five, six, seven years later step by step by step by step and, and your five year plan you know sometimes that's a great way to make God laugh but, but, but he will he, he will give you what you need to take the next step so, so the, the picture here is I have a lamp tie, and so I take a step, and it lights the way for the next step. And so I can take another step. This is nothing new. You've heard this. And then it lights the way for the next step. And then I take another step, and we know that a lamp tie is, is giving light almost 360. So if I need to go left, if something is in my way here, I can go left, and then it's going to light my way there. And that's what the Word of God does if you'll read it on a daily basis. It will push back against the world. It will keep us from conforming to the world. And it will give direction in every question you have in parenting and in marriage and in finance. It has the answer and it will light up what you need for the next step. It will light up what you need for the next step. That's why godly counsel is good. But it's called godly counsel because the person you're getting the counsel from has been in the word of God. God is not the author of confusion. Oh man, his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That headlamp, when it went out, I knew it immediately. Watch this. How many of us could go a day, two days, oh, you know where I'm going, two days, three days, Four days, you count them up. How many of you could go day after day after day after day without reading your Bible, without getting any scripture, and never realize it? That's a problem. Because you're, you're being conformed and you don't even know it. Because that's what the world does. It's a constant pressure. It's just a cooker. Because we live in a fallen world. Next thing. The word of God fights for us. This is another lengthy passage, but I really, I, could, I, I couldn't leave any, any of this out. 
And so, so this is where Jesus goes away and he fasts for 40 days and he's tempted by the enemy. And I'm going to read the whole story to you. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward when they had ended, he was hungry. I love that because it shows the humanity of Jesus. I love that because it shows you, we know that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, all God but all man. You know, he, he, he didn't supersede the pain of the cross. He, he, he absorbed that pain for us. He was human, all, all God, all human. He was hungry. Verse 3. And the devil said to him, the devil's favorite word, if. If you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, say these three words with me. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It, 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 it's a word fight. It's a word fight. It is a word fight. And the more, word, the more you saturate yourself with the word, Jesus said, he shows us, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms in the world in a moment of time. Check this out. In one moment, in one, in one moment, every lustful thing every man could ever, ever want. In one moment, every bit of power, every bit of greed, every bit of comfort, everything that a man could want. In one moment, the enemy showed him that. Can you imagine? Like, like for us, we have to either bounce our eyes or say, oh, I don't need to look at that. Oh, And that's just one thing. In one moment, everything that would call after the flesh was shown to Jesus. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their, and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. Say it with me. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on, on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it, for it is written, you shall get, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. So now, now the enemy is trying to use the word of God against him. Now watch this. And in, the, in their hands you shall, they, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Why did we take the time to read through that whole passage, which I believe is, is so important? Because... The mode of warfare that Jesus chose was the word of God. He just simply said, it is written. If you are the son of God, if God really loved you, this wouldn't be happening. Devil, it is written. I am the apple of his eye. If you could 
really overcome that, you already would have. For it is written, enemy, get away from me. He overcame the world. Therefore, I am an overcomer. It, listen, if, if you could have changed, you would have changed by now. You're going to be just like your mom or dad. Devil, I don't have to listen to that because it is written. For I know the plans the Lord has for me. Plans to prosper me and not harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. I'm telling you, it is a word fight. The word of God fights. For, the word of God will fight for you when you don't even know it's fighting for you. Did you know that? The word of God will help you overcome temptation. You pray, deliver me from temptation. And you're full of the word of God. The word of God will help you. I have had moments in my life where I was being tempted. And, and it was like supernaturally. I was so full of the word of God. Supernaturally, the word of God took over me. And just moved me away from that situation. Because the word, the word of God is living and is active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Some of you have heard me tell the story of before we moved here, I got really sick and stayed in and out of the hospital for about three months. And finally, the doctors told my wife I was going to die. But before I reached that point, they had misdiagnosed me and they had sent me home. I was on the way to Amman, Jordan to do some teaching there and got sick, wound up. They thought it was appendicitis. They took my appendicitis, which I'm still bitter about because it wasn't an appendicitis. So I got that missing now. and I feel like I was cheated out of that because that wasn't the problem. Problem was, I had a urethral cyst that had been there since I was born that grew inward. And when I was around 32 years old, it busted. It busted inside of me. It was gangrene. It was taking over my body, and they didn't know it. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And so my belly blew up to about right here, and I, I, I lost down to about 112 pounds or something like that. But before I went back in the hospital for the last time, I, all, I, all I could do was read the Bible. I can't explain it, but I had this insatiable hunger for the Word of God. Just, just an unbelievable, insatiable hunger for the Word of God. And, and Rand will tell you, I couldn't make it up the stairs at, at our home there in, in Tennessee, so I, I had to sleep downstairs. And we had this really pretty porch out back, and I would just sit out, go out back, and come back inside, and go out back, and come back inside, and, and just read the Word of God, just read the Word of God. And read. And I never, ever, 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 I mean, I, I'm the type of person, I've told you this, especially... 13, 14 years ago, I had to make myself read. And, and it was a discipline for me, but it was like this delight. And it was literally like I was eating candy. I just couldn't get enough of the Word of God. I was just ingesting it and reading and ingesting it and understanding it and ingesting it. And for 10 straight days, for like 12 hours a day, sometimes more, all I did was read the Bible. Didn't know why. I never, never had the, never wanted to do that a day in my life. Right? Never, ever, ever. Until finally, Raina found me one day, burning up with fever. She said, we got to get you back to the hospital. Take me back to the hospital. And that started the process of, you know, just dying. And uh, had me kind of semi-unconscious. And here's my poor little wife sitting there. And all the doctors, you know how they'll do it. They all came in to converge to share their wisdom and said, look, your husband, we just want you to know your husband is dying. There's nothing we can do for him. We can cut him open and lay him open and see if we can get the infection out that way. 
but he's going to die. You just need to prepare yourself for that. He's going to die. And God had sent Dr. Lamoth, this little little bitty lady, and I still call her an angel, and, and, and she said, would you, would you give me, would you just give me 24 hours with Mr. Byers and Miss Byers? So I don't, the time frame's kind of messed up in my head, but I do know this. As the doctors were telling my wife, he's going to die. You just need to prepare yourself, right? He's going to, and if you're visiting with us for the first time, I don't tell a story like this every week. I'm not weird. I'm very, very biblically based, but this is my story. This did happen. And I, I, when they, when they said he's going to die, I heard the most wretched, unbelievably nasty, slimy, fear-filled voice I've ever heard in my life in my spirit saying, and I, I, I won't even try to, to replicate it. I will tell you what it says. We've come for him. Just, and in that moment, in my mind's eye, and you know what your mind's eye is, right? Okay. In my mind's eye, I'm laying in the hospital room, and I hear my wife crying, and I hear her asking questions. And this thing, like a scroll, comes swooping into the, the presence of that room. Just whoosh. And begins to wrap it. So it's got all kinds of writing all over it. You know, and later I've understood that that's probably Hebrew or something. I don't know that I didn't understand. But I do know this. It was the word of God. It came into that room and just began to wrap itself around me. Over and over. And the peace of God began to envelop my soul. And victory began to come alive in my soul. And somewhere in there is where Dr. Lamoth said, give me 24 hours. And there was a peace that came over that room. And, and, and I, I just went to sleep. And so she looked at my stomach. 24 hours had gone down a little bit. And she would mark it again. 40, can I tell you, 72 hours later, I was at home on my own couch. I Man, I got a pretty good scar right here, and I lost so much weight. They had to put some saran wrap type material in there to get my stomach shut back. So if you ever see me with my shirt off and I got this bubble right here, it's because there's saran. They took my appendix and gave me saran wrap. <laughs> but I'm here. I, I don't. I can't explain that. All I know is the Word of God will fight for you, but you got to get it in you. I did not have any idea. What I was doing those 10 days reading the Bible like I was reading it. But God, had, God was giving me that hunger for that moment. And when those voices, we come for him. I'm telling you, spirit, the spiritual realm was real. Right? I'm telling you, just. Peace. 72 hours later, I'm home watching Sports Center. The word of God fights for us. You feel beat down. You don't feel like you can overcome. You feel like the, you're, you're losing. Get in the word of God. But can I, that's the only way, I don't know how else to say except to, to share that personal experience with you. The word of God will fix a lot of things in your life. It, it will. Allow the Holy, Holy Spirit to lead you and to understand the word of God like you've never understood it before. It'll fix some things. It'll fix you first. It'll fix this, living clean. Last thing, if you're serving communion, you can be dismissed right now. If you would, do that as quick as possible.
The word of God cleanses us to salvation through grace and truth. Proverbs 35, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every, every, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. We read about the word of God sanctifying us, cleansing us, washing us. God brings us to a place. It says in John 1, I believe, verse 14. Yes. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. You can't take one without the other. Full of grace and truth. Oh, the price that he had to pay to leave the palatial kingdom of heaven to come and walk. Even the angels did not understand. What is God doing sending him? What, what is going on here? The teacher has stepped out from behind the desk and has come to walk among the students. And earlier in this, we said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and all that we know that was created was created in Him and through Him. He was the light of the world that shone in the world, but the world did not comprehend it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you received the grace that is offered at the cross? The truth that comes along with that, that the only way to be justified in the eyes of God is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The truth that God loved you so much he gave his only son to die for you. That truth that came through grace. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you, can you point to a moment in time where you said, I've accepted Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Jesus. Would you bow your head all over his place before we have communion? Or maybe you're watching online or you're in this place right now. And you would say, Jason, I can't point to a moment in time where I've ever accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But I'm, I think I, I know I need to do that today. I know that I need to do that today. Would you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? I need to accept his grace and his truth in my life. I need, to, I need to be saved. Anyone in this room, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Just lift your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down. 